Uh, yeah, I had Simona Barbri on the episode now that you're about to listen to, and uh, we talked about flirting and seduction and how that can be used in business and life in general to, um, let's say, charm people to do things for you. Now, when we say flirting in this context, it doesn't necessarily mean, or seduction, it doesn't mean um, in a sexual way or, or, or attraction way. Um, it's an interesting topic because I think there is a lot of gray areas in this. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it differs a bit between men and women, etc. So a lot of different angles. Simona has this as her kind of message and a mantra. She coaches people who are, running companies or doing business or, or, or need help um, and focuses on this to draw out the, let's say, the inner charm of each person to help them uh, being more successful. Um, it was, for me, a little bit all over the place, but then when she took examples of people that uh, have gotten her help, then I realized that it's a very personal approach so in some ways he's a hybrid between um, I don't know like a therapist um, life coach and a business coach uh, she also told me a little bit about her past uh, she spent uh, all her teenage and youth years under communism in the Czech Republic and uh, told me a little bit about how that feeling was when people knew that the Iron Curtain was coming down and how she attempted to hitchhike around the world uh, as a 22 year old um, yeah, that ended in an interesting way. And uh, she is the first person on my podcast that has been wanted by Interpol. A uh, little bit about the sponsors. Um, that's the Old Bar in Prague, um, in Karlin, near Krizikova Metro Station. Um, open from 8.30 to 3 o'clock every day, except Fridays and Saturdays from 8.30 to 1.30. Um, Takeaway, healthy food, amazing old meals, um, skier, Organic skier from a local farm, a recipe that is only available at the old bar. And you can also order online on Vault or Bolt. Um, check it out, guys. It's a great place. Um, and then, yeah, Alfred Jobs, Alfred.cz, available in Czech, Slovak, and English language. Um, an easy tool to help you finding your next job so you don't have to spend time looking. Alfred actually does a job for you and lets you know whenever there is a relevant job available to you. All right, that's cool. Over and out. Welcome to the bunker, Simona. Thank you. How are you today? Um, great, thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, your name is Simona Parbri. And that's how you pronounce it. Barbri. Barbri. Mm-hmm. I saw, I, I found you actually on um, on LinkedIn. I, I I don't know, I connected with you some while ago. And uh, and then you wrote a really interesting status on, on LinkedIn that got me curious. Um, mm-hmm. Where you were talking about uh, how people can use flirting um, in business. Yes. And... Uh, and the, that it yeah makes business easier, makes it more fun, a lot of lot of different things. So what are you? Are you like a flirtologist? Oh, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to be flirtologist. No, I'm coach and mentor mm. and trainer. But with focus on 
these kind of more charisma skills? Actually, I'm classical business coach. Uh-huh. Charisma is my big passion. Uh-huh. I'm currently writing book about charisma. I would like to implement it more in my teaching. Uh-huh. And I think that seduction and flirting is um very honest part of good business and it's a quality of life. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to talk about it. No, but that's that's the what got me curious because you know on my I don't know 20 years or something of on LinkedIn or 15 years or something uh, this is a very rare thing to to see anyone communicate about because on LinkedIn I have a feeling that everyone is trying to be very serious and mm-hmm. and uh, look their best yes. and then something like this definitely stands out a little bit. Actually, a few days ago, Simon Sinek posted that um, sales is like dating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the synchronicity. Yeah, 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 yeah. But. Um, you're you're from here. You're you're from the Czech Republic, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, before we kind of get into, I want to talk to you about this uh, whole flirting and the coaching and and uh, how 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 this actually works and and what are the lines between flirting and and uh, being sleazy and 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 how you can use it to your advantage and 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 all these things. Uh, but yeah, before we get there, tell me a little bit about yourself. So you're you're born here mm-hmm. during communism. Yes. In uh, in Marienbad, it's a beautiful city at the German border. Mm-hmm. So your your family is part German or, or we are Czechs, but as many Czech families, we had part of family who lived in Austria. In my case, in Vienna, they spoke German. Uh-huh. Few, yeah, a line of the family. Uh-huh. But we are Czechs. Okay, and they, and how I, I I'm just curious because I know we, we are around the same age mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've always been um, since I moved here um, to the Czech Republic 12 years ago I've always been very curious about the experiences of people like yourself that you know you lived most of your yeah all your childhood teenage uh-huh. years under communism yes how how was it did 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 you feel that your freedom was limited do, do you know what I mean did you experience Absolutely, I did. Yeah. I absolutely did. And uh, if the Velvet Revolution wouldn't come, then I would emigrate for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was planning it since my childhood. So. Uh-huh. And and why? I mean, were you, did you, I don't know, did you feel it in your everyday life that you couldn't do everything you wanted to do? Mm, I I think I pink painted a little bit the, the Western world in my imagination. Mm-hmm. But the main reason was lack of freedom mm. to travel, to explore, to have good manners. I mean, even the flirting, you know, dressing well, mm. having well-mannered men. Mm. <laughs> and as a child, I was absolutely hooked to uh, a series for kids called Daktari. I don't know if you know it. Mm. It was in Africa. And uh, yeah, European people living or having some project in Africa and they had a lion, um, uh, Clarence, and a little monkey, Judy. And that was all my word, you know. I wanted to go to Africa and take care of animals and uh-huh. travel around the world. That was always the main topic in my in my desire. Mm. When we, I mean, but when, when we see, and it's still like that, if, if we look at the 
let's say, TV shows or movies that, uh-huh. that cover this period in time, the Cold War period, we always see um, the Eastern Bloc as very gray and kind of without any personality somehow. Mm. Was it like that? I mean... For the outside world, it was. Mm. On the other hand, I think we really had deep um, cultural life. Mm. We really read a lot. Mm. We had quite deep discussions. I don't think kids those days go so deep, you know. We mm. had nothing to do, so we read books and we discussed. Mm. And I think also we drank a lot and we sexed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was alcohol and sex was allowed. <laughs> was the only thing you had so yeah uh, and no religion so no no uh, pressure to be monogamous or anything like that i think i think monogamy is more cultural issue i mm. i think and issue yes, issue <laughs> <laughs> or topic yeah uh, it's very discussable and but but yeah. but how how because you know like you hear this stories that somebody smuggled a tape with the Beatles or something and then they were, you know, copying it and giving it to their friends mm-hmm. and listening in the basement to Western music. Yes, and yes. It was like Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh. it was great. I had a little bit more access because uh, living in Marienbad, mm. we catched or we caught the German television. Uh-huh. So, so for the pop music, for the pop charts... We, we could listen every day and radio, yeah. uh-huh. Bayern Dry, Antenne Bayern, and so on. That, okay. that was, yeah. And 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 that was allowed. I mean, there was no attempt to to stop that. At that time, I don't actually. Yes, of course, we listened to Voice of America and Radio Free Europe. That was prohibited for, mm. for sure. But how do you want to stop the radio waves? I mean, yeah, you I know, know it was everywhere. So, but they told me that the, yeah. there is this. We have this tower here, the Siskov Tower, which mm-hmm. is um, a very ugly building. Yeah. Um, but very tall. Somebody told me that, and that was the last public building I think um, that was built by the communists or, or or like a big infrastructure building. And they then somebody told me that. The purpose of that building was more to block signals than to send them. Oh, that's but possible. I, yeah. you know, I came to Prague when I was twenty-one. So yeah, but um, um, what about like standing in line for food and and not having stuff? Is was no, I don't, I don't. You really don't have this experience. Mm, well, you get used to it. It's not a drama. You uh-huh. know, it's not really a drama. I more remember. Um, those times when uh, we could listen to underground music and this was really, you know, like you really discover something. It mm. has very strong feeling for you. The Czech culture has also very specific sense of humor, mm. which I'm uh, missing now because mm. everything was double meant, you know, every uh, everything had double meaning and mm. it was so funny. It was so full of life. So... Um, encouraging in mm. in some way you know but was the city like here when you when you came to prague i mean because prague is in my mind and i've traveled a lot of different cities around the world i mean it's it's the probably the beautiful most beautiful city in in the world mm-hmm. was it like that i or is that after communism that that people started renovating and so on or it, how it was gray yeah it was gray in uh-huh. in, in the 80s but it was not so overcrowded by tourists, mm. and it had really the uh, the Kafka spirit. You know, uh-huh. it was spooky. It was really, 
And romantic, on the other hand. Yeah. We, we really got lost in the little streets in the old town square uh, or old town. Yeah. And you had a lot of cheap pubs there, you know. Dating was like really, you know, in Czech, when you say you date someone, we say we walk. Uh-huh. We walk together. So okay. so we really, we didn't have place to go, so we walked uh-huh. <laughs> and talked. And it was miles and miles, you know, walking around the, the beautiful little streets and a lot of galleries and cafes. And mm. uh, yeah, it was, it was, it has, it had its magic. It turned people inwards more because you, you kind of had to uh-huh. yeah. get company of other people and so on. I mean, you couldn't be watching MTV all the time. No. <laughs> uh, and, and the... But at the same time, everything was planned, I guess. I mean, like, people would get a job, and then they would get an apartment, they would get a car. Mm. There was a plan for everyone, right? Somehow, or... or I would say two kind of people. Those who plan everything. Mm. Those highly probably also entered the Communistic Party, because Uh then you could be more in charge of your future life. Mm. Or in contrary, you just don't plan anything. Mm. You know, you just you just are kind of nihilist. When when the revolution happened, I was just you know uh, just entering the adulty, adul- uh, adultery. Mm. So for me, I saw a lot of nihilism. You know, really young, talented people really drinking a lot. You know, mm. just out of an end of days feeling somehow no, nobody cared. And you just do whatever. Yeah. No responsibility. It was there was a responsibility, but uh, I don't actually I don't I don't know why there was so much alcohol. It was kind of like intellectual behavior. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. told me you told uh-huh. me that that your father, example, yes. uh, he he didn't want to join the, the mm-hmm. Communist Party, and and uh, and he had a very creative way of avoiding that. Yes. Yes. Uh, so far, I know he wasn't excellent student uh, in his uh, in his student life, mm. but uh, then he started to avoid entering the communistic party and also I don't know some some kind of communistic school they called it Vumo. I don't even know what it means. <clears throat> he couldn't find job in Prague. He's actually my father is from Prague. I mm. have grandmother here in Prague. Uh, after his studies, they fired him and. He went to Marienbad, where he met my mom. Mm. And Marienbad collected those thrown away doctors and they hide them in the little villages around. Mm. So, so he was a doctor? He was a yep. medicine doctor. Yep. And then he started to collect his um, um, specializations, mm. his attestations. Yeah. So, so he was... Uh, surgeon, uh, urologist, balneologist. He studied tropical diseases, mm. and he was active in sport medicine because he was very active in bobsleigh. Mm-hmm. He even uh, was doctor for the for the Olympic uh, equip, yeah. mm-hmm. for the Olympic team. Yeah. And all these studies, he he kind of kept himself busy in school so that he wouldn't have to Did join the. Yeah, yeah. He 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 worked. Mm. And he studied distantly mm. uh, all, all my childhood, actually. And then he started, when they said, listen, this is, you are provoking, then he started to uh, to study languages. So <laughs> mm-hmm. so he basically, yeah. to avoid the Communist Party, he was in school forever. Yeah, we can in say so. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then in the 80s, they actually, 
when the situation started to be a little bit more open mm. uh, during the perestroika, uh, they sent him to Iraq mm. and he loved it. Uh-huh. And then we, we had to join and follow him. Mm-hmm. So if everything would go according to the plan, my sister would start her high school in, uh, not in Iraq, because then he had to return from Iraq and we had to go to Kuwait, I think. Mm. Uh, so I would go for my third grade and my sister to the first grade of high school, actually in diplomatic schools. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, he died uh, uh-huh. very suddenly. Uh-huh. Yeah. And 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 during this time, because you're saying mm-hmm. that things were getting more open during the perestroika period, um, did you feel that? I mean, and h- how was that feeling when you kind of knew that this period of communism and 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 let's say this um, um, surveillance society was going to end was it exciting mm. my parents they constantly spoke about freedom at mm. home so they uh, they could emigrate in 1968 i'm, I'm born in this year uh, mm. but then uh, it was complicated so they could, but they didn't. My father could have excellent job in Germany, but it was it was like uh, red line topic during all my, you know, childhood, mm. discussing the chance of living in in Western Europe or or in some free part of the world and having really the career and having really the opportunity to develop and discover and explore. So, mm. so for me, this is the basic essence of existence. And I don't think I really sensed that the better times are coming mm. because um, I didn't really believe it. But it's true that we sense it somehow and it was very, very cheerful and very full of hope. And mm, I think it created my my vision for the future. Mm. And where were you when the Velvet Revolution happened here? That's nineteen eighty nine. I was there. I was yeah. in Narodni Yes, I was there. Okay. Because I just had the right age. So after uh, after my education, I started to work in Prague. Mm. I started in hotel uh, ambassador yeah. as, as a manager. Mm. And the very first day, I met two people who influenced my life. Mm. One was um, a hotel guest, an older guy who said that he's writing book about the end of communistic era. Mm. And I didn't believe him. And I started to argue with him. And and I told him he's just old, foolish guy. Uh, but he had something, you know, some kind of charm. And it was obvious that he is uh, highly probably coming from West. Mm. Uh, I didn't ask him, he spoke Czech, but his Czech was like the old school Czech, you know. Mm. And so we started discussion and I said, no, well, I don't, I don't think so. And he said, okay, well, tell me about it. And uh, so I gave him my point and he was so humble. He didn't argue with me and I told he's stupid writing something he doesn't understand. (laughs) So we became friends and then I started to take him out with my young friends and uh, I, I was really torturing him with taking him to the most horrible student pups in Prague, you know, really mm. smoky, really dirty. And uh, then he left in between the Velvet Revolution happened. And then he came and he said, so, 
what do you think now? And mm. I said, wow, I would never believe it. And he offered me... So he believed it would end and you didn't believe it would end? I didn't, I didn't. Uh-huh. And what came uh, later mm. out is that he was professor of political science and that he really, truly writes the book and that uh, he actually saw the historical circumstances mm. which were unstoppable at the time. And actually he wanted to um, include my ideas in his book, which uh, uh, the working title was Full Circle. Mm. And the idea was that he is born in freedom in democratic Czechoslovakia at the time. Mm. And at the, the edge, edging the adultery, he's, he has to leave the country. Mm. And he's coming back as persona grata, as mm. someone who really did it in his life. Mm. And he's meeting girl who is born during the communistic era mm. at the edge of adultery and at the edge of the freedom. Mm. So, so the, yeah, the dialogue was... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it had the dy- dynamic you know, yeah, of, yeah. of me being completely stupid, but naive and actually very ingenue. Yeah. You know, and 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 fresh and open-minded and really cheerful and so on. And uh, I, I think he liked this. this and and you had a longer story with this man. I mean, you went to yes. You ended up leaving soon after Velvet, right? Immediately, immediately he came back and he said, "So, what do you think about it?" And I said, "Wow, I would never expect it." And then he said, "Would you like to work for me?" And I said, "Of course." Mm. So uh, he took me to Vienna, mm. and we uh, and he connected me with all the people who meant something at that time. Mm. So it was really a very happy time. And, and you're like lucky. 20... I was 21, 21, yeah. 22, yeah. And, and at that time, I mean, you leave immediately as soon as you can. Did, yeah. a, did a lot of your friends do the same? Did, did a lot of people leave? Well, mm, actually, there was some time we legally... Sh- shouldn't leave yeah. but nobody took care <laughs> yeah, yeah so it just it's kind of like the covid restrictions here yeah, now yeah. nobody cares they are there no, but no one cares. cares and if there was some trouble then professor uh, okay i, I should say, uh, say the names it was professor raiski the dubnitz he was mm. he was a noble guy and uh, his family was like the f- old czech family before battle at bilahora mm-hmm. which means something yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. So, so this uh, is old Czech royalty. Czech old way. Czech royalty yeah. before the German uh, yeah. noble family yeah. took over. So yeah. Yeah. The, the real, the real, real Czech ones. And 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 uh, how? So you were in Vienna for a long time, and or or how how was that? Um, I was there a year, mm. uh, working as his assistant. Mm. And. And you you could have stayed longer right i could be there forever because we really had such a match you know he mm. he had old chalet in uh, steinmark mm. in austria mm. uh it's, it's a it's a little village um which actually belongs to private um region of karol schwarzenberg mm. so you you cannot really enter this this or at that time i don't know now you couldn't enter it just for holiday mm. uh, we, we had to have a special permission to, to go there and even there was a private train with, which had a different rails mm. <laughs> like tiny rails <coughs> and we spent quite some time in uh, in the chalet or we were in Vienna in, in the very city 
beautiful uh, in, in beautiful city of Vienna. It was really lovely. And we had so much to talk about. So you go from and working in a hotel in Prague to be a princess in Austria? Yes. <laughs> in a castle? No, no, no. The castle, the castle he inherited later here in Czech. Uh-huh. Uh, so the castle is in Czech. But when he returned to the castle, it was just boring for me and I didn't want to continue. I was more... I was so hungry to travel and mm. to, you know, to meet people and cultures and learn new languages. And also the Vienna experience, it was too slow for me. He was, mm. you know, he was two generations older. Everybody we met was like, could be my grand grandpa. <laughs> and <laughs> once you have all the luxury and all the mm-hmm. cafe in, uh, or I mean, uh, all the drinks and, and food in uh, in uh, Sacher Cafe where, where mm. the royalty or the noble people come then then you just have enough and at the same moment in Prague uh, there was a legendary um, music club mm. called Bunker mm. <laughs> and I wasn't here you know and everybody was there and you had all the alternative music and all the all the youngsters and the backpackers from United States came over and people mm. from all the world were in Prague and I was with old people in Vienna so I was kind of frustrated <laughs> So you left. <laughs> so I left. Uh, I left, and um, I had a plan. I mm. wanted to be the first lady who uh, travels, uh, hitchhikes, who hitchhikes around the world. Mm. So I said goodbye to Professor Eiski, and I went to, yeah, to my big trip. Mm. And I had one hundred German marks in my pocket. That was all for yeah. for me. <laughs> And and where did you go? What uh, was the first? That, that's a story. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really funny because it it would it would uh, make a little paperback book. I was so lucky, you know. I the the, the first guy who took me uh, to Germany from Czech to Germany. No, mm. how was I? No, yeah, I returned from Vienna. I returned to home because with my luggage, I mm. repacked my luggage, mm. and I my starting point was Marienbad, where I'm from. Mm. And from from Czech to Germany, I some guy took me who traveled for work, and then the next car was a Dutch car, mm. and the guy says, "Where are you going?" And I said, "I go around the world." And he said, "You're <laughs> kidding." And I said, "No, I'm, I'm not." And he said, "Where have you been?" And I said, "I just started." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, oh, "Have you been in Holland?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Okay, so can I show you Holland?" Okay, I said, "Okay, let's start with Holland," and he was so friendly. Um, it was really amazing and he really he had like six weeks of holiday mm. and he showed me entire Holland so I think one of the best traveled countries I have was it's Holland, Holland yeah. Yeah, I- including the Freeze Islands uh-huh. uh, up there you know and yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah and he came from what was the name of the city Kok Anzan, mm. I think it was very near to uh, Amsterdam, mm. but it's such a beautiful UNESCO protected city. Mm. It was like fairy tale. Mm. So we traveled with a bicycle every day to Amsterdam and then by car the longer distances. Mm. And the family welcomed me like I was like lost daughter. You know, he said, "Yeah, that's Simona. She's you know she's from Czech Republic and uh, yeah she's traveling around the world." <laughs> and it was such a such a joyful time because we really had so much support from other people. You know, mm. like if you said uh, like I was girl, I was very young, I was from Czech Republic, then 
two names everybody named, you know, and it was Václav Havel and Polina Pořízková, which mm. was like our super duper top model. Mm. So I had really, and then everybody wanted to help, you know, so everybody, uh, do you have a place to sleep? No, okay, like mm. you can go. And I was so naive and nobody really took, took advantage. advantage. No. Never, ever, I swear, you know, so people mm. provided me provided me with food, with, with you know, they place, I, to I, stay. place to stay all the time. They, they invited me for little trips and so did you did you manage to hitchhike around the whole world? No, uh, no. The the <laughs> that's that's the thing. I didn't have really plan or strong vision. So I traveled all around Holland, and mm. then I had such a calling to see Bruges in Belgium, mm. beautiful city, because I got postcard from some people who stayed in my apartment in Prague. Mm. During my stay in Vienna, so so I was dating someone here in Prague. He stayed in my apartment, and he offered my apartment to some people from Belgium. Mm. I never met them, but they kept sending those postcards, you know, mm. like like thanking because we didn't ask any money, not necessarily, mm. and inviting us to uh, to Bruges. And I was absolutely charmed by by the beauty of the city. Mm. And then I found out that there is this very famous triptych from Hieronymus Bosch. Mm. And I, I really had access to art. I, I had my permanent card in in Vienna to Kunsthistorisches Museum, and I had all the books and and so on. So I was I was absolutely drawn, you know, to mm. go there. Mm. So uh, I wanted to go to Bruges from from Holland, but I hitchhiked to Luxembourg first, mm-hmm. and I was in the most horrible hostel I ever experienced mm. where you sleep on this double bed, you know, and yeah, above bunker me, bed, yeah. bunker bed, and above me some people had sex and all the bed was shaking all night. <laughs> 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 I was, it was really, I was so lucky till now, you know, and now I experienced, this is the real world if you, yeah. if you hitchhike on your own. So I just tried to get out you know as as uh, much as possible and i met some group of guys and he said hey where is some rock and roll bar and i said i don't know but i'm searching some and they said would you like to join us and i said yes of course and those guys were pilots from canada and they had this rolling you know they they uh, flew to amsterdam and mm. then they had like one week of rolling Off, yeah so i stayed with them i uh, and they said we don't like it here let's go to Belgium. So mm. I went to Belgium with them, but still not to Bruges. And so I had beautiful one week um, traveling um, after Second World War sightseeings because one of them had been mm. absolutely <laughs> fun of, of the history. Mm. And then I took, you know, and then I took a car to Bruges. Mm. Uh, and the guy said, where do you want to go? And I said, to a square. And he said, which one? I said, the most beautiful one. And he said, most beautiful or where the young kids are hanging? And I said, young kids. So he took me to pick up a place. I didn't mm. know, like, if you want to pick up somebody, you go to this place, which I had no idea. Mm. But I was absolutely charmed how friendly the people are and how much attention I get. And I met my <laughs> husband there. <laughs> and I married the first Belgian guy I ever met. You know, I married him. So, but, so, <laughs> so, you, so you basically... You, you, after after five minutes in in Belgium, you I you said yes, I'm staying forever, and I called my mom, and my mom says you are not case, and I said I know, and then <laughs> I then yeah, and I met my husband on Thursday, 
And on Friday, he took me to Paris. And on Monday, I called home that I'm staying uh, in Belgium for good. And I did. <laughs> so so it was a pickup square. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, you, yeah, I know that you, you, you lived in, in Belgium for a long time. Yes, right? 10 years. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and uh, but it ended. I mean, you're actually the first uh, person on my podcast that has been wanted by Interpol. <laughs> yes, that's uh, true. And uh, how how what happened? Wh- how did that happen? Uh, I you're happily happy in Belgium. Yes. Um, well, happy. Okay, I was happy in Belgium, but I wasn't happy in the marriage. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to escape, mm. but then things started to be complicated because. Czech Republic wasn't part of European Union. I was waiting for my papers. I couldn't really work. I hate to depend on someone, you know. I just mm. wanted to work and learn languages. And uh, I was a young mom, you know. It's so hard to deliver baby in country which speaks such a strange language. And, mm. and, and it's cold and it's raining, you know. And they don't use heating in the bedroom. <laughs> So I was chanted at the beginning and then I started to be a little bit disappointed uh, mm. during my stay. And uh, I decided to leave the country despite that I was prohibited to leave the country. So mm. I became to be kidnapper. Uh, you took your son? I took my son, yes. I, I, I should not uh, leave the country with my son and I did. Mm-hmm. I, just go, I just went home, you know. I think it was the most natural thing a girl would do. Yeah, and, and, no, and nobody would leave their kid behind, you know. No, you, you could have gone. You could not go alone. Uh, no, no, I, mean, I should not. I was prohibited. Uh, yeah, yeah, but what I mean is that you know, no, mo- no mother would leave their kid behind. You know, like no, every yeah, mother has yeah, an instinct yeah, sure, of, of sure. Uh, yeah, and uh, and 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 this became a problem obviously yeah and then the war started so i i don't want to give too much details then my husband came and he really took my son really away uh, mm. like physically and i didn't get any support uh, by police or uh, at the embassy and then happened that i had double nationality i even didn't um, apply for belgian passport but you know the czechoslovakia in between split into czech and slovak and mm. it was such a chaos and such a mess that coincidentally i got passport mm-hmm. <laughs> which i'm happy now mm. um, but then um, and we married in belgium so I was treated like a Belgium citizen mm. and I didn't get any support here in, in Czech Republic to help me or to... In this in this fight. In, the, in yeah. this fight, you know, mm. nobody was interested and the Belgian part really was quite active. And uh, yeah, and my husband's mother, she was, let's say, well, financially mm. positioned. Mm. Uh, so, so she gave all the guarantees and then this ugly fight started. So my husband actually took my son, left to Brazil, mm. and uh, I was prohibited to see him without uh, some surveillance. Social, yeah, yeah. Mm. and I couldn't enter like ten meters, ten meters uh, of, cr- them. of them. You know, uh, it, it was really drama, and. Uh, anyway, but I decided, you know, 
who are you to tell me what I have to do? I have mm. the best intentions. Jesus Christ, you know, mm. I, 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 I will be great mom. And I just never give up. So um, when it started to be really dramatic and, and um, I, I was, um, how do you say, I, I became kidnapper and, mm. and the Interpol was after me and I had this record. Mm. Uh, I decided I decided just to continue with life um, like like there was no decision and um, I I studied and mm. <coughs> I had a lot mm. of jobs and um, yeah, you, of you had to move on somehow I had to move on and what I want to I, I never spoke about it I hope my husband will not <laughs> listen to this podcast uh, I got offered a friend of mine and he said listen kid I can't I can't see how how you suffer and this is not fair so I can help you mm. to escape to Belize Mm. I, I have connections and but it means that you have to stay there until Nikki's Nikki's name of my son till he's eighteen or something just happens to your husband. To, to go there with Nikki with you. Yeah. And that he and will stay, yeah. yeah, to stay there and mm. then he offered me protection. Mm. Or or to harm my husband. Mm. And um you know, I was twenty but when Nikki was born, I was not 25 yet. And when we discussed this, I was like, I don't know, 27, 28. Mm. And I decided not to not to do that because, you know, this was not fight about me. It was mm. about the future and good life of my son. Mm. And Belgium is a beautiful country mm. with good education system yeah. and actually very friendly. And and his and father is kind to him. I, you know, you, you didn't have a problem with... Uh, I Of course I did. Of mm. course I did. And uh, it didn't work out. But what I want to say is that I accepted... No, moment. It was when uh, Nikki was... He had to go to first grade. Mm. In between, I was constantly seeing him. And mm. in between, I try also to, to do career in Czech Republic. So I was traveling between those countries. And uh, I am very persistent. And this persistency, uh, my husband couldn't beat it. So at the end, he always allowed me to see him. At mm. the end, you know, but I was risking all the time mm. that it, he could just call police and they would really get me. Mm -hmm. And when Nikki had to go to first grade I got this offer and I was thinking it over and then I came to this friend of mine and I said listen I really appreciate that you would do such a horrible thing for me but mm. I am choosing Nikki to have good life here in Belgium mm. and I contacted my ex-man and I said and we wasn't uh, divorced because he didn't want to divorce and mm. it was like endless you know it was like if one partner at the time didn't want to divorce we were undivorceable so I couldn't mm. move I couldn't really have my own life and so I contacted him and I said listen I um, the winner takes it all mm. I uh, I will pay everything because I also signed a marital contract where I um, refused to have whatever. Mm. <laughs> so you had a bad, you had a bad, bad contract. I had bad contract, mm. but he was, you know, I 
I was in love and he I had nothing and he had. So I, I thought mm. it's fair. I mean, mm. Jesus Christ, it's his. So just take it, you know. Mm. And um, so I said, the winner takes it all. And I uh, I just I just wish you to be happy and to really find a good girl who will be happy with you. And mm. I, I, I hope that, that Nikki will be happy also. Mm. And you know what? He started to cry and he said, I didn't want it this way. And I said, I know, you know, because then then it started to be like, oh, uh, it, it was a little bit political, how do you say, politically involved, mm, mm. you know, which is another story maybe I didn't even tell you. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so because I worked for, uh, coincidentally, I started to work for a political party. Mm. So, so I really had strong connections because this party won elections. So I was really close to the, the power the, the, the power the premier minister and so on anyway um so i said the winner takes it all and and my husband said that's the end of fight and and, and that was the end of fight so mm-hmm. so we divorced mm-hmm. then he let me see my son mm-hmm. i was very afraid that he will lose connection with the czech culture and czech language mm-hmm. and then uh, my husband left to brazil when mm-hmm. he stayed two years Nikki started to, to go to school in Brazil and that was something I was frightened all the time and he was telling me but nobody listened to me nobody mm. believed me but then they they were in trouble and my mother-in-law contacted me and she said uh, Simona Christian and Nikki need you mm. I will take care of the finances and you take care of um, like cheering them up mm. but in between I had another son uh, I had a little baby and I uh, put all money I had on the flight ticket to Brazil to mm. visit them. It was one of the most beautiful holiday I ever had. But oh, Jesus, we it was I was so uh, money short, you know. Mm. So I had like a half board stay in a nice hotel. But I, I shared my half board with a teenage guy who was really hungry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Nikki said, no, mom, you do, you do it completely wrong. And it, during these two years, he became real Brazilian. So he s- talked like Brazilian, he walked like Brazilian, you know, mm. he acted like Brazilian. And he did wear shoes, he did jinga football, capoeira, and so on. And then he was negotiating with everybody everywhere. So mm. we really could have shrimps from the fishers, and uh, they made it in the restaurant, and he always said, Mom, just don't talk. And then he said, yeah, we are from, um, uh, what is the city down? down uh, Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo, because mm. you have a lot of like German mm. or, or Dutch people. Mm. So yeah, we are from Sao Paulo. We are here f- uh, for, for holiday. And yeah, my mom, she, you know, I, I, I deal for my mom. She's a little bit uh, like bizarre mm. or something. And um, yeah, and one story I would love to share. And um, then... Um, uh, it, was, it was the end of my stay and I had charter flight mm. and this charter had uh, six hours or 12 hours uh, had to leave ahead, not later, but ahead. Mm. And I wasn't prepared for that. So so I had to quickly pack my stuff and go to the airport mm. and I couldn't reach my ex-husband to tell him that I'm leaving to take over Nikki. And uh, it was no cell phones at the time. And I was standing in the uh, in the airport and hugging my son, who was 14 at the time. And I was saying, Nikki, I absolutely don't know what is the right 
reaction, you know, I, I absolutely don't know because if I don't leave now, I don't have anybody who could pay the flight ticket for mm. me. Mm. And I have a little baby at home and he said, no, mom, go home because Alex needs you more. And then I had some um, uh, in my bra, I had, I, I had some dollars for mm. case that I will be caught by police so mm. that I can call. Bribe them, yeah. Yeah, for, because or I, yeah, I was still one foot in prison, mm. you know, and I didn't want to die in mm. the prison in Brazil. Mm. So, um, yeah, uh, so I gave him this money and I said, listen, uh, take a cab, go home, wait for your dad mm. and promise me this. And he said, yeah, 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 okay. And then I was in, uh, in the airplane already and then... They called my name like Mrs. Barbary, Mrs. Barbary, and I, I, I was pretending that, that I sleep, but mm. they came to me and they woke me up. And there was a, a, a guy who said, you have a greeting from Mr. Nicholas, which was my son. Uh -huh. And Nicky bought all the money he spent on cashew nuts, which I wanted to buy to go home. Mm. And he spent it all and he hitchhiked. You know, <laughs> over entire Fortaleza, which is a very, very dangerous yeah, city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so he bought, bought he you bought some snacks? Yes, yes. And it's then he hitchhiked home. And I was I was so, you know, it was so emotional. And I was thinking, oh, I, I envy the girl who will date him one day. Yeah. Because he's such a, that's such an act of romance. You yeah. know, so. and, and what I have to say that I actually have a good relationship with my ex-husband. We are seeing each other. Mm. Uh, I regularly go to Belgium and he goes to, to Czech Republic. My son speaks fluently Czech. Yeah. And it, I would never believe this could have happened. No, but that's great. And and you're not wanted anymore by uh, the police. The police is not... Uh, no, it would be only if somebody would report me. Aha. Uh -huh. You know, and okay, I was... Okay, guys, no, we're not going to report Simona. No. <laughs> to the millions, no, to the okay. millions of <laughs> listeners out there. No, no. Now, now it's uh, now it's over. It's you know. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. The case yeah. is closed. The, the mean, case is closed yeah, because yeah. Nikki is eighteen. Yeah, so yeah. the case is over. Now I can talk about it. But but, but uh, uh, yeah. But did so, so in some some way, um, you know, like you are, you you've been a wild one in a way. I mean, you you go you act on impulse or, or, or no, I would say I'll go for justice and for passion, but I I wouldn't really call myself really wild. I would no, say but I mean naive. hitchhiking around the world when you're 21 to get even just to get that idea. I mean, that's yeah. not a normal not <laughs> idea and to meet a guy go to Paris, call home and say I'm never coming home again. <laughs> That's you know true. what I mean? To jump yeah. on a plane to, to Brazil, not to have money, to, to not to be sure if you have money enough to get home if something goes wrong. This is not. like why, uh, Where does this come from, Simona? Adventure. Adventure. And then, uh, you know, I, it was the right thing to do. I had the right, you know, I dreamt about travel all my life. Mm. All the stories of my family is... We couldn't do work we are good in. We couldn't travel. I, I, we have some gene of traveling, you know, mm. and, and, and being curious in other cultures and so on. So, so I, I felt really ap appealed for all the generations and the ancestors in my family to do this trip, you know. Like I, I, I owe it to the to family. Them. To them. I owe it to them and I have to explore and I have to do something big. So you were not there only on your own behalf, you were there on behalf of the suffering of the ones that came also, before you. yes. But you said fear, because, I mean, um, no, you said I did it because it was the right thing to do, but uh, 
But you were never afraid. No, <laughs> actually, no, uh-huh. no, no. I was, I was excited. Uh-huh. But that's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually it was. This was actually a little bit more about the background than than I thought it would be. But yeah, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's great, but I, because I'm, I'm now I actually understand why you are not a traditional business coach in a way. I mean, I know that you do traditional business coaching, but you mix it with elements that I, I wouldn't say are. I would say it's elements that are more adventurous. So, mm-hmm. so when when let's. You you get here to Prague somehow, mm-hmm. and and you and you get into this coaching. I I would kind of like to to understand that. I mean, um, how did that start? I mean, how how come that you chose this field? I um, how did it start? Mm, I I was so lucky to get a job by you uh, Nike. Mm. Like European operations when they had office uh, in Prague, and my position was a trainer, mm. and I was absolutely called. I was made for this, you know. I loved it, and I absolutely loved the company culture at Nike. Like, just do it. Mm. You can do it if you want. That's mm. my mantra. You know, mm. you can if you want. You can do it. You can mm. do whatever. I mean, you can hitchhike around the world if you yeah, want. You can do. S- I mean, there is no limit, really, mm. truly. Like physically and mm, psychologically, there is no limit. If mm. you if you are convinced about something, if you go for it, there is no limit. I think I'm so amazed uh, being human being. You know, it's um, mm. so I don't really. So I a lot of people don't like this kind of attitude, though. You know that. Uh, I don't mean them. <laughs> 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 I don't. I don't know. Yeah, of course, mm, but uh, that's not my clientele. Actually. But that, so you you you're in Nike. That's kind of where you get into the let's mm-hmm. say the field. You're being a train field, train yes, trainer yes. there, and uh, and then uh, then I turned fourteen. Mm. Um, at that time, nobody over forty worked in Nike. Mm. I didn't look that age, but I was that age, and the first crisis, two thousand eight, came. Mm. And uh, the father of my second child left me. Mm. And so I <laughs> I went uh, to be um, a freelancer, a mm. co- coach mm. freelancer. Mm. Uh, it was just temporary before I found some decent job because I had made managerial jobs before. Mm. No, and then I found that that's okay how it is. And I really did it. Mm. But I was desperate. I was highly motivated. Mm. I had a hypothèque. I have a house. So, um, yeah. You had to pay the bills. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's of my father of, of the second child. Yeah. Mm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're paying for someone else's house also. Uh-huh. Um, and and. What kind of, I mean, okay. So, what is a business coach? I mean, what what would you, if you if you would describe it in 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 some simple way, what what does a business coach do? You should see the hidden talents and um, uh, unmet qualities mm. of your client, mm. and you should encourage him mm. and dig it out. 
together mm. with him. Actually, mm. I believe that coach is something like midwife, you know. The pushing, the pain, the delivery, mm. it's up to the client, but I can guide you during this process mm-hmm. and help you. Breathe deep. Yeah. Breathe yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Be positive. <laughs> Don't give up. Yeah. <laughs> Keep pushing. But uh, you know. and 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 but it's it's people who who go for coaching. What are they seeking? I mean, they they want to improve uh, themselves, or they want to improve the results of their company, or, or what's the motivation? Both. Uh, I started as a as a trainer. Mm. In between, I actually work for uh, for. Um, a very prestige uh, global company called Crowdhammer. Mm. And I really love the know-how I, I got there. So I was a trainer. Uh, I trained groups, mainly managers. Mm. I, I, uh, I, I led the leadership academy and um, management academy. So if you have the group of managers, you, um, you are a guide through management techniques. Mm. But what I like about our approach is that actually it's not so much about techniques, it's about attitude. So actually you help to shift their attitude. Mm. If you have techniques without attitude, you could be a monkey and no, mm. you know, mm. you just mm. do the techniques, but mm. nobody, you are not authentic. Mm. So what I love about it is the authenticity to really awaken the authenticity and passion and desire and qualities. And that's for that you need to have it in yourself, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the coaching, in the coaching, it's interesting because people, I have some gift, so people open to me. Maybe because I'm a little bit crazy, because I'm a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So very often it's not only about the business, although I am primarily business coach, but it's about uh, life values, mm-hmm. desires, you know, mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. I have a a friend of mine was starting uh, co- co- attending some coaching sessions. It was interesting because she told me that um, like the first base level was to find out um, what is it that gives her pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, what is it that just gives her less pleasure, and it kind of laying down those kind of fundamentals, mm-hmm. and then the values, yeah. and that was what she told me. She she had a really hard time understanding and i said well no you're honest and you're kind and oh i didn't know that you know and i think is is that is that how it is is when you meet some new customer or client that you're going to be working with is it hard for them to actually reflect on themselves how they are and 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 so on mm. i i would say no because no? because people who want you know if if company is pushing you for coaching then probably you have hard times but if you initiate it yourself yourself mm. you already have kind of uh self reflection mm. and you aim for something so you already know the some of it or you you you're on to it somehow if you're initiating they, they, it yourself they, they tell me but you can uh, by observing jesus mm. christ if you do it long time you know you can just observe mm. Uh, so it's body language, it's the vocabulary the people use. Yeah, these are mm, certain programs which are quite obvious. Mm. You know, um, the way we want to be seen, the the way we 
mm. avoid certain topics that's, mm. that this is leading you to mm. somewhere with a client. So you you are more about the attitude mm-hmm. than the the than let's say a uh, system. Or I am very very bad in system yeah. <laughs> in general in everything. But if you have if you know what you want, mm. if you really have aim, if you know where you are aiming, mm. then it's pretty easy to be clear about the rules. Mm. You know, it's very clear then to say no and to whom I say no because with every no you say yes to something or someone else. Mm. It's about value. It's mm. about priorities. Mm. But if I if I would take a coaching session with yeah. you, I mean, you would not sit down with a big Excel file with me and 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 map out things. It would more be a talk. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or or uh, now I do biodynamic uh, body psychotherapy. Mm. Then I could even touch you if you would allow me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and who? What kind of? Because I know that you have a lot of like high level management mm-hmm. clients and yes. and. Um, who who what's a typical person who comes to you you know are they young old what level mm-hmm. where are they in their career uh that's a good question uh because i'm facing also that i'm aging because mm. i have a uh, few clients where i i coach father and son <laughs> so so i have like people of my age or a little bit older and then i have the real youngsters mm. And I would say that the really successful people, entrepreneurs and managers... Are the ones that come to you. They, they come to me. And mm. you know what is the, the real issue with them? They don't like themselves. Mm. So actually we are building... Self, so you're like a therapist self. somehow. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's why I study it. Uh-huh. Very often they are so goal-oriented, so hard-working because they are fighting against emptiness. Yeah, they're trying to fill the black hole. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, some people do that with alcohol or drugs or yeah. food. Or you can do it with work. Yeah, exactly. Um, or pleasing. You can, you know, pleasing yeah. everybody. Yeah. Um, you, I, I, so, I wanted to get to understand a little bit so you the mantra is yeah you said just do it but i know i know you work very much with those um let's say characteristic skills or mm-hmm. charisma and, mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. flirting and, and so on and uh, um and you told me when we were talking earlier that that you um, feel people are being too serious today mm-hmm. and that we're missing a little bit the fun. So that's part of what you kind of preach in your coaching or, or what? Yes, if, if the client uh, agrees on that. Mm. I believe that charisma is a side product or side effect of being honest with yourself, being humble, being playful. Mm. You know, uh, if I should say the definition of charisma for me, it means to be kind, competent, mm. and socially independent. If you are socially independent, you just don't care. You know, you just have your way, and you so you practice the courage to go your way, and 
not to be mainstream mm-hmm. and then you have bigger chance to fill fulfilled life mm. because also chasing happiness it's a nonsense you know happiness mm. what is it you know um that's actually you are from uh, the, the north so scandinavian countries they they have such a high scope of um let's say life happiness is because because you have uh, happiness and contentment mm. and the expectations are not exaggerated and because uh, socially people support each other and mm. because they there is a huge respect for in individuality but also respect for talents of kids you know mm. uh, you i absolutely understand because of living also in uh, in belgium i understand that uh, if in in Czech it's like this you are 14 and still it is it's amazing you are 14 and you have to decide what you will do for the rest of your life mm. and if you choose something else later it's like failure yeah and the same with partner mm. yeah if you're like not married by 25 with a kid then you're a failure yeah and if you don't if you don't date the right person immediately you are a failure mm. this mm. is impossible mm. so i think that's not one attempt we have all life to find it Mm. You know, so that's the courage part. I that's mean, the that's the, ha, ha, to mm. have the 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 guts to to go out there and make mistakes. Yes, and, and to to be honest to yourself also. Mm. You know, to be to be honest uh, to your loved ones mm. and and to yourself. Mm. It's a big deal. But that that's um, you know. The, and and when kind of going back to because I was when I was telling you that you know I'm interested in your story because you spent so much part of your life under communism i see here you know having been here in in the czech republic for 12 years i lived in copenhagen before and then in iceland and i have been involved in business since i was 23 and it was really interesting when i came here that it was i got the feeling that i was some sort of a a god in the company Mm -hmm. that i came into because all the power in the company rested in my personality somehow. Mm-hmm. And people were asking me to make decisions about things that I didn't know anything about. And, you know, what kind of cars should we lease? And I said, I don't know, I don't even have a car, you know. <laughs> Whereas in, in in Scandinavia, I felt there was more distribution of power somehow. Mm-hmm. And and this pyramidic, or how do you say, this hierarchy yeah. structure mm-hmm. made somehow... The company soulless. Yes, it was. No one. It was not. It was not supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. I could not put my legs on the table. I've been having my legs on my ta- on the table for my whole career. But when I came here and I did it, it wasn't appropriate. Yeah. And so I'm curious because how can you? First of all, you come from this background. You should be different than you are. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the. No, I mean, but I'm uh-huh. very happy you're not because then uh-huh. you wouldn't be on this podcast. But um, um, maybe I should have an episode with someone who hasn't changed at all for the last thirty years. Um, and but secondly, how can you convince this business community? And you said you have father and son. Maybe the father is your age and the son uh-huh. is much younger. How can you go to those people and tell them, okay, we're gonna use flirting? Oh, you mean this one? Um, I don't say them to use flirting. I tell them to flirt with life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's different. It's um, mindset. 
I think really that life is too short to be narrow-minded, to be hostile to other people, to to really insist on rules which are hurting other people's mm. other people. So um, flirt, as I understand it, is a certain quality that you see uh, the good vibes and quality in other people they are not even aware of. Mm. You know, that you make them aware of their own likability, mm. which is actually increasing their self, self-esteem self and, mm. and you can help them to be more sure in their attitude. So... Um, and so it, that's something totally playful for me, mm. you know, because you can flirt with everything and everybody. You mm. can flirt with kids. You can flirt with. I, I have my dear friend Monica, and she has a little kitten called Pecky. Mm. I am absolutely sure that Pecky loves me, and I love him. Mm-hmm. You can have so much, you know, love and flirt with with uh, a kitten or your doggy, mm. and you can have it with child, and you can have it with charming old lady or old guy it's mm. like seeing the quality in them and if you have this this talent then you should have the talent also in business mm. you know because business is about people it's about connection mm. it's about uh trust uh, agreement values mm. should be but but we we when we when we say the word flirting mm-hmm. or flirt then I think a lot of people would kind of associate that with uh, I don't know finding a partner or, or I don't know trying to get a date or or I don't know trying to get sex or or whatever mm-hmm. and 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 you use those words seduction and flirt. I think you are talking about them in a in a different way, right? Yes. I mean, you you mm-hmm. th- they have a different meaning in 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 this sense. Mm-hmm. I think that we very often use words without really knowing their history or the content of the word, mm. you know, because uh, seduction, mm. what is seduction? Seduction, to seduce someone means that you make him come to you mm. with desire mm. and you achieve it through giving him something, mm. not exposing yourself. I mm. mean, you you can be cheap, and really expose yourself, but that's not that's not really seduction, you know. Mm. To 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 have one drink in a bar and go to bed with someone, it's not seduction. Seduction, mm. as I understand, is turn the like um, no interest into burning desire in you, mm. and that's very good to know how to do it mm. without manipulating. Mm. So it may have sexual or erotic. Um, Consequences, yeah, consequences. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, must not, you know. Mm. So, so if you know, uh, I, in my opinion, business sells. It's a lot about seduction. Mm. You seduce your client to want your product. Mm. You know, that's uh, actually that's what I do with my clients. I want them to want me, mm. and I have to give something, something valuable. Mm. Uh, it's interesting because I remember I, I. I I was a I was a customer of a shipping company, one air, airline and one uh, sailing like a b- boat containers, mm-hmm. and and the the person who took care of me at the the container company, I wanted to buy from her. She could have sold me water in a swimming pool, 
uh, or sent in the Sahara mm-hmm. because she was a nice person and she mm-hmm. was, you know, we had conversations about everything else than business and work. Mm-hmm. And and then at the end of the call, she said, oh, by the way, I'm raising my price of 5%. And I just said, yeah, I can, no, no problem, I'm very mm-hmm. happy. But that, at the airline, they had people that had limited people skills and I tortured them, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used all my... Uh, power to get better things from them and to be unfair in my claims to them and and, and things like that. That's so exactly what happens if you have no relationship with those people. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of business I don't want to be involved with because mm. it's short-term business, you know. Mm. You, you end up squeezed like a lemon, unhappy, you know. Mm. Uh, you cannot do it forever like this. Mm. And you can have all the systems and all the structures in place, but if, mm-hmm. if the personality isn't there, then it's nothing. Mm. It's nothing. Mm. So, Simona, you you were saying that uh, by using flirting in the sense that we're talking about, then it's a way of it's a way of getting people to want to be around you, to want to do business with you, mm-hmm. to want to follow your guidance, follow your management. It's We are basically establishing, or you're talking about establishing yourself in a group of people mm-hmm. who then have some sort of a desire of either getting something from you or doing something for you. Yes, yes, you I can guess. say it like this. Mm-hmm. So, but the word f- flirt, it's... Um, yeah, it can be used in many, many ways. And uh, isn't it super easy to in- misinterpret it, to misunderstand it? It, it is unfortunately super easy. Mm. But I think, first of all, I don't really work with shallow people. So I always take enough time to explain what I mean. Mm. And what I want to say is that flirt is kind of awakening, actually. You know, mm. we have to revive our way of perception because Mm. in flirt and seduction it's something strongly archetypal like it's an archetype you know Mm. you cannot you cannot not to flirt this would be very unnatural you have uh, flirting archetypes which is which are deeply in us Mm. men and women and it's like forbid superman to to rescue people you know so so first of all i think it's something very natural Mm. secondly it's very playful Mm. and you have to cultivate it Mm. you know it's uh because erotic sex is power Mm. and it's overused in commercials Mm. But if you use it wisely in not erotic way, it's something very valuable and and um, it's it's really quality driven. Mm. I mean, it's about connection. It's about recognizing uh, the other person. It's about giving him or meeting his unmet needs mm. in in recognition, in respect. You know, mm. in um, you give him wings to fly, or her, or her. Yeah. You can flirt with both yeah, men and women. Absolutely, yes. And um, if you really cultivate it, um, then um, I, I don't remember any bad reaction on it. Because mm. I compliment 
men I compliment, I mean men, okay, I, I, let's say I'm playful with men, but I compliment women, young or old, and I don't really remember any, any bad reaction on it. Mm-hmm. And by the way, what I want to say, there is very extremely thin line between good manners and flirt. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are in social bubble where people are not nice, they don't do small talk, they don't dress up, they are not prepared. You're talking they about me now. <laughs> no, you are. In my eyes, you are very nice okay. and cultivated. Uh-huh. Uh, that then those people can guys remember remember <laughs> these words, guys. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Simon. No, I think I think you are very easy to access, and you are very mindful about mm, love where this is going uh, yeah. <laughs> about I would say about the borders mm. you, I, w- I would even describe you as a shy guy mm-hmm. you are absolutely not uh, overcrossing okay first person who says I'm shy <laughs> but mm-hmm. so the line you say line between good manners and flirt is very thin I think so I give you example mm. I moved to uh, a new apartment here in Prague and uh, it's it's very small one and I have a lot of stuff and uh, this um, place is unique because it was built in 1920 and it has two big n- uh, niche. Mm. So you can really visit something beautiful or mm. you can kill the space. So I invited a very good friend of mine, Daniela, who, who is a designer and she lives um, in Dubai. She is a high-mannered lady mm. because she is really, you know, her word is the high society. I mean in the in the best meaning of the word. Mm. And then I had my cousin who has hearing problem. He has hearing at. Mm. He's almost deaf. Uh, to help me, and and he's very skilled and very nice, and 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 working hard and so on. And Daniela came, and she brought some some uh, cakes and some some snacks, and she complimented my cousin, and she said, "Oh, you you are helping. That's very nice what you do for Simona, and and I see this and I see that, and that that's very cool and so on." And she spoke to him in a manner he. In his social bubble, he was not used. Mm. And he misunderstood that she is actually not flirting, but that she is in love with him. No. And and then I started to focus on this, and it really happens quite often. If you are super nice, mm. not erotically at all, mm. not even you don't even compliment the people, but if you have this so-called good manners that you really listen, you give them the eye contact, you give mm. them smile, mm. you listen, you are kind to them, you are not laughing off or you are not correcting them, you know, mm. you really help them because you, you see the good in them or the clever in them. Mm. If they never met this, they are completely confused. Mm. So you have to be also responsible, you know, and you have to be conscious about, first of all, culture, it's a cultural Thing mm, and mm. then uh, you you have to use your uh, responsibility mm. not to conf- over confuse that person, but you can lead him to adopt those good manners, and you can lead him to higher self esteem and self uh, self value. You know, mm. then then you will sooner or later you can you can demand it from the others to be, mm. to be nice to you mm. and not accept not being. Mm. But uh, but this. But the line between then 
uh, flirting and being um, sleazy or, or, mm. or, or I mean, like, uh, because, and I, it's, it's an interesting thing that, like I told you when I saw on LinkedIn that you were writing about this, I started thinking, oh, wow, Jesus Christ, he's walking in a landmine <laughs> zone, you know, like, because on the, on one hand, then we have somehow a society that is uh, trying to eliminate all um, traditional roles. Mm-hmm. Um, we are inventing new sexes. Um, and it's it's a very fragile and delicate it subject. Is, it is. And, um, and then we have a phenomenon like the Me Too, which was great on for what it started, that, mm-hmm. that misuse of power and, and, and abuse of people. and But on the other hand, it also has a, let's say, at the end of the spectrum somehow, or the other end of the spectrum, you you get the consequence that, that people st- start becoming afraid of being honest mm. and open. And um, how... <laughs> How am I supposed to flirt if 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 my name can be put on the internet and I will lose my job for I don't know telling a guy that he's he's wearing a nice shirt or that I can see that he's working out or or something you know uh-huh. it, it's a it's a it's a very delicate it is yes it is very delicate but I think we are simplifying it you know because I think I think this is like a rose it has many rosettes, many mm. layers, mm. many leaves, and every leaf means something. So so flirt doesn't mean sexy. Sexy must not be flirty. Mm. You know, beautiful is not the same as hot mm. and vice versa. Mm. And um, what I am focusing on is more the attention to the other one, to, um, the, to bring the playfulness and really, you know, actually... I teach quite traditional stuff like listen, mm. you know, be prepared. Mm. Preparation is 90% of your success. Mm. Um, respect, you know, don't overdo. But if you do it right, you you, you already are slightly uh, flirtatious. Mm. And uh, to be sleazy is uh, a different uh, category, and uh, I, I hate sleazy, and I, I am I am quite, let's say, um, brutally honest, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I stop it immediately. So, so uh, it takes courage to be vulnerable and to be misunderstood, mm. you know, and it takes courage to stop it on time. Mm. And honestly, I never experienced to be to be sexually... Uh, sexual harassment is not uh, something I, I never met in my whole career, which... Mm. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. says a lot. I mean, because you're, you're having a career around an area that I think a lot of people would think that there would be a lot of sexual harassment coming out of it somehow. Never, I never, never experienced that the man dis- misunderstood no. Mm. And I didn't have even, even I didn't have to say it. it you, you can non-verbally, you know, or you can you can do it playfully. You can, mm. you can like playfully say I'm not interested or this is just, you know, just in social interaction mm. or something. Yeah, yeah but it, you, you have a point of, of, of being offended for men. That's, that's true. But if you are... Um, if you are gentlemanish and if you 
take responsibility and I, I cannot imagine that this this would go too far. I mm. But so the the twenty one year old hitchhiking or twenty two year old hitchhiking Simona mm-hmm. and the fifty one year old flirtologist Simona <laughs> are these very different people. I, I mean, I, are you are you with AIDS? Do you feel that you have would you have been able to see this the same way as a 22-year-old as you do today? No, but that's not the same because it's different time. It's mm. different world, you know. Mm. You should understand this was unique one, two years that it was really unique in, in entire Europe. I think people really have been nice, good, you know. I was super naive. Uh, today I wouldn't survive, but at then... People were really, really like willing to help and really super friendly and and really, you know, there was such a strong togetherness and um, joy. Yeah, it was an interesting freedom. time. Yeah, joy yeah, of freedom yeah, everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. Uh. Really, people. Can you imagine that you you traveled a lot and mm. uh, so so you must remember that people were hugging and helping mm. each other mm. and complimenting and it was just pure joy and f- friendship and so respect th- and that know. that feeling yeah. is what you were saying in your coaching in a way it's the respect it's helpfulness you it's can create it you can create the klima you can create mm. the 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 mm, it's like um company culture you can create that culture you know mm. you have company culture which is super friendly you would say almost flirty and then you have company culture which is unfriendly hostile square narrow-minded you mm. know uh, it's about figures it's not about people and it attracts certain structure of personality and uh, other structure of personality it's pushing away mm. and and you can see also by fluctuation, by burnout syndrome, you know, that this this will catch you later. So mm. Yeah, I've 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 seen it often here that people are actually compete there's a lot of politics mm-hmm. amongst people in companies and, and uh, Unfortunately. And no one wins in the end. No one everybody wins. feels no. bad. But I am on the other hand, I really I am quite positive because I see I see good intentions. I really see interesting people in management. Mm. I used to be a little bit disparate, but now I really see the difference. Mm. I, I think you know because of the social media, yeah. you can have really quality TED talks. You can listen to podcasts. You can make your own opinion. Mm. Uh, now the mel- millennials are getting stronger. Mm. Uh, the autocratism is almost. Not anymore, mm. you know. So, so I'm quite positive, and people want good quality of life mm. Mm. in in company. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. People are evaluating yeah. other things in the company than just the money, and and mm. you know, it's more about culture and and values and and, and these kind of things. So, yeah, probably the yeah, probably the in the end, it will mean that we'll be more focused on the softer skills mm-hmm. in some way. I am always giving one question to my clients, like, uh, what would you truly regret mm. 10 years from now? Mm. And you should really fulfill those 10 years or five years mm. because then it's too late, you know. Mm. So you have to have priorities. You have to know exactly what you accept and what you absolutely no way accept. Mm. 
mm. in what um, atmosphere you want to live, mm. what kind of relationship, what mm. kind of people. Do you want to be surrounded with inspirational people or you want to just listen, shut up and, and, and be in hostile mood all the time? Yeah? Mm. This is our responsibility. Mm. Nobody can do it for you. No, that's true. The, the the you told me that um, um, told me some example of, of where I mean and yeah we're talking about flirting in a very what do you say open way mm-hmm. it's a it's a very undefined concept mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it's almost like courage uh, speak up mm-hmm. compliment uh, it's f- flirt is a collection of it's collection. As, as a courage, let's take yeah. courage because courage from Latin, uh, it comes from the Latin word cor, mm. cœur in French, mm. heart. Mm-hmm. So courage is a little bit something different than boldness because mm. courage is value oriented. You have to have guts. You have to have courage to speak up. Mm. You know, it's value oriented. Boldness is more tied to re- re- resilience to mm-hmm. to dream big stuff mm, like this mm. and and we very often use words without really giving them content mm. so so if we talk about flirt in my eyes we talk about playfulness and about cherishing the other one mm. if we talk about seduction we talk about procedure when you turn the other one wanting you mm. not because you want him because mm. you offer him something mm. because it is so attractive mm. so appealing that he comes free willingly. Mm. Of course, you can misuse it as manipulation, mm. like but like everything. Mm. But also, you can um, make something big out of it, and you can really harvest, you know, based on cultivating the good mm. of it, mm. you know. And the and um, these, but I read somewhere the three bases mm-hmm. of flirting: mm-hmm. smile, yes, eye contact, mm-hmm. and humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is one. Uh, there is a real uh, flirtologist called Jean Smith, I think. Uh, she's anthropologist with specialization on flirt, mm. and she created acronym called Hot Ape uh-huh. for, uh, for for flirt. So so H is for humor. Uh, you know, she she has a point. If the uh, you, you say something very funny, for example, I. Uh, Somebody connected with me on LinkedIn and he, uh, no, I asked him to connect. And he he replied to me, why? I think it's quite rude. Mm. And I didn't know how to make it funny, not, you know, I, I, I just wanted some kind of interaction. I just wanted to know if this guy is like mm, human and interesting enough to keep in touch or I, I just leave it. So I replied and I thought it's funny, but... Obviously, it was not funny for him, and I <laughs> replied, "My lawyer prohibited me to uh, to ex- to tell you more, mm-hmm. you know," and he didn't respond. Mm-hmm. I bet if I would tell this to you, you start to <laughs> yeah, laugh. So, love so, 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 so you are my target, and now we have the humorous uh, connection. Yeah. And if some somebody is super, if you find somebody super funny. It's a, such a strong connection mm. that it's very difficult to say if isn't he flirting with me? Mm. Of course, it's essence of flirt in it, mm. you know. But 
it's up to us how far we, we leave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you have moment hot uh, uh, o uh, o is for open uh, like open gesticul open gestures and so on. So your tips of your feet should should go to oh. your partner. Uh -huh. If it goes, he's really interested. If it's it slightly aside, then he is just like looking for escape. That's uh -huh. it's a uh, but it's. The same you need to know for negotiation, for business meeting. You see where you stay. You, mm. you, you, you see if you have to slow down and really getting his real attention that highly probably you don't understand his needs. Mm. You know, uh, probably you just push your product and you don't really listen to what he needs. Mm. You know, mm. then you have moment I have to uh, hot tea. Tea is, um, what is tea? Talk. Talk. <laughs> I have to look in my in my uh, paper. Moment. I will I will say what I what I remember now. So hot ape ape is for uh, attention, mm. and attention is the essence of charisma. Mm. Boardroom presence. Mm. Listen and be presented. It's mm. so difficult. We mm. are in in our minds. We are you know monkey mind. We are mm. everywhere all over and nowhere, place, yeah. all over. You know, mm. and very often. Or we are focusing what I want to say, which mm. is not the same as really listening, because mm. listening means that I am off guard and I am entering the sacred area of my partner. This mm. is real listening. I am entering his world mm. and I try to understand the context. This is listening, but we don't do it. We we are not raised to do it. Mm. Uh, so attention is the key. Mm. Uh, P is for proxi uh, like proximity, mm. you know, which is a little bit cultural, cultural thing, where you can do a lot of mistakes, mm. or where you can where you can help. Mm. And then T is for touch, mm -hmm. and people who are um, like touchers, they are rated as more charismatic. But mm -hmm. you can do it completely wrong. Or you can just encourage this person. So, so in uh, social connection or business connection, you only can touch shoulders and uh, upper part of your back, mm -hmm. which feels encouraging. I know. I know. If when I was young girl and some older colleague took my shoulders or touched my back in mm -hmm. the upper part, mm -hmm. I felt so encouraged. I I felt so. Um, respected and and um protected mm. it was really good mm. so so pff, yeah hot ape hot ape but she used it for real dating but uh -huh. I, what is the what is the thing i have to i, I tell well, was touch oh yeah hot yeah yeah That's for touch. touch yeah t e? is touch and e is eye contact uh -huh. and of course you know there is a difference uh, uh, eye contact female men mm. When we would have like business meeting, I would suggest you to sit on the corner, mm. not really face to face, because if I because men and women are different. Mm. Female, they like to stare at other people. They mm. really keep long eye contact mm. because they are interested. Because I read in your face if, if you are still interested, if you are still with me, if you didn't lose mm -hmm. your, uh, you know, uh, attention, if if is it what you expect from me and so on. And, yeah. and I, adapt, I adapt. On the fly, yeah. Yeah, uh, on, uh, based on your um, face expressions yeah. and so on. Men, they, they cannot do it. It's not natural. So if, if you would, so if I really stare at you 
very in a concentrated way because I study you and I want your reply. You mm. can misunderstand that I am just flirting or I'm just find you finding you very hot and I want you. Mm. So for for this confusion, I would you place me on the corner <laughs> on the corner. So as you know, like men, they communicate shoulder to shoulder, mm. and female soul to, like face to face. Uh-huh. Sorry, but also like like f- the heart is flowing, you know, from uh-huh. heart to heart. And uh, if two men stare at each other, the conflict will sooner yeah, or later a, arise. Yeah, 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 you yeah, know, and and so so you have all those nuances and. Because you don't, you are not aware. You can make a lot of damage. You know, if if you look at really um, high-valued um, negotiators, mm. they pay attention to every detail of mm. this. So and they're reading, reading they, the they, other they, person. Yes, yes, and they they are very conscious not to give you any sign of flirt and so on. But you know, mm. or or they can just sending a little sympathy. Mm. And they can play with it further. But we all play, Jesus Christ. How can you not play it? Impossible. Mm. How 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 do women like this message from you? I mean, how do female <coughs> customers take your message on board? Relief. Mm. They feel relieved very often. Mm, I would say very often females in the top, top positions, they are losing their femininity a little bit because mm. they cannot do the same as men. It's differently interpreted, mm. you know. So I give you an example of one client of mine. She is, uh, she is a high top manager in international automotive uh, business. She, mm. In the top management, she's the only woman. She loves to ride motorbike and uh, she is quite adventurous and so on. And she is quite rational. Mm. She is really this, uh, she's not feeler, she's thinker. Yeah. But when she acts the same way like men, she is perceived like um, too hard. Cold. Cold, you know, like We, we call bitch. it cold bitch. Cold bitch, exactly. Mm. She's not. Mm. So, so we discussed that she should a little bit, she should try to dress differently to put more female f- features like like hanging earrings for uh-huh. example having dresses instead of uh costume with yeah. pants and yeah. so on uh, wearing high heels mm. um and people started to uh to really um act differently and also there was huge increase of trust that's interesting towards her towards her yeah so and she she is the same, you know, and she is absolutely. Uh, she was afraid to to be friendly and so on, but actually now when she is, people love it. It's like uh, the queen mum. Mm. If you look at her biography, they describe her as highly coquettish, mm. and but her way of coquetry was that she loved people. She loved fun and alcohol, mm. Mm. and that's why everybody loves her. Mm. And she was so cute and so authentic in it. You know, and but isn't uh, that like sorry? Uh, because mm. this is really interesting what you're saying about this uh, woman uh, customer of yours, and and uh, I'm I'm extremely happy to hear this mm-hmm. because, um, in some way, uh, this is I feel like we're always talking artificial intelligence, automation, and I I feel like in some way we we 
we want and expect the business place or corporate life or whatever. It doesn't even have to be business. It could be football clubs or sports teams or, or, or you know, I don't know, the church or whatever. Mm. It's somehow being sanitized of human interaction yeah. Yeah. That, that we are we are all supposed to be almost, I don't know, neutral or, or passive somehow. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the problem goes deeper mm. because if... Um, the female acts like a man because she thinks that she has to. And very often in Czech Republic still, girls really do everything at home. You know, they have to fix everything. They take care of the uh, household, kids. Uh, they, they have high positions in the company. If you have really to take care of everything, mm. there is not much space to be female. And it's you can measure it. It's proved, you know. There are da data that those girls lose estrogen. Mm -hmm. They have lower uh, production of estrogen. Mm. Uh, if the girl has lower um, level estrogen, of estrogen and she acts like men, the men... Around her? The, the men around her or her own men, they decrease their testosterone mm. because they don't need to be men. Mm. You know, it's, it's really... If we go now to to real relationship between men and woman, then then they really are in trouble because mm. then she is not so attracted to him mm. and vice versa. And then when she has lower estrogen, she cannot get wet. If she cannot get wet, there is mm. no connection. It's not mm. about lubricant. It's mm. about if you are wet, you produce oxytocin, mm. which is the hormone on love. You know, mm. this this is we talk very often. We just hit some superficial out of context mm. uh, stuff and we don't go really deep and wide. Yeah, but isn't so that because we're trying to, in some way, we, we feel that we are such an advanced species that we are better than our primitive urges are and, and we are ignoring a lot of the... Because what you're saying, these are hormones. This is not something that is... You don't learn this in books. You, you, uh, you, yeah, yeah, you can learn about hormones, but... Uh -huh. but I don't know how to word this, but but we don't take responsibility how our behavior mm. influences, you know, the yeah. hormones, and and the hormones is telling me who I am. Yeah, I saw I saw in the news the other day they were saying that uh, that there will be no sperm in man in 2050 something. I mean, I didn't read the whole thing, but no, <laughs> and I'm like shit. No one is worried about this. I'm 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 a, I'm a little bit worried about this. I mean, yeah. I'll be I'll be dead then, but uh, that's <laughs> fine. But you know, it's it's a worrying sign. Mm -hmm. And 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 I yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that that a lot of these um, primitive things that we have in us, men and women, mm. as animals, because in the end we're just animals. But we uh, we wear clothes and drive cars. But in the end we're still animals. That we are trying to suppress those we're trying mm -hmm. to push them out and then we see like what you're saying you take this woman you make her a little bit more feminine if, mm -hmm. if i'm right mm -hmm. and it works for her yeah and she can celebrate her femininity and still her high competence uh, exactly you know? i mean she doesn't like compromise it. that yeah, it doesn't and, and compromise yeah. any of her power or, no, or success absolutely not no. mm. and have you done the same for a man I mean, do yes, you have... Yes, yes, I have some, uh, like, shy men to make them more, like, um, to speak up and to... Yeah, I have one young gentleman who 
also works in international company. Uh, he's mm, strong in, introvert, mm. and I would say like this typical nice guy, you know. Mm. And he want to have more uh, em- like empowerment and more credit uh, mm. between his male colleagues. So we started with uh, presentation skills. So, mm. uh, so the, the 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 way to it is not presentation skills techniques. First of all, is who I am. What is uh, my intention? I really strongly believe intention. In mm. intention, you have to put intention in everything you do. Mm. So, if your intention is to grab the ear and to uh, call the interest from the other side it already gives you the path so so uh, you you have to work on your um, courage of course your mm. uh, self-esteem then we worked on how to prime himself to be more energized and then how to really get a rapport with the other person mm. you know so he will never be a show beast like Tony Robbins mm. but he can adopt some of his priming mm. tips and tricks. Mm. You know, he can hack it. And then his very strong um, quality, very, very strong uh, interaction with the other ones is that he is really good listener. Mm. And that's enough, you know. And then, mm. then uh, he can really increase his uh, credibility. Mm. So, yeah, but um, Simona, like, um, you described with this guy, so he, he f- you you helped him support some, let's say, part of his behavior and uh, to, gave to, him... Yeah, to be aware, you know, yeah. and to use already the talents he had. Yeah, so you 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 brought out the best talent that he yes. had that, that helped him. Mm-hmm. And often you see these quotes or or slogans you know like um, i don't know class is not taught it's born or charisma is something you're born with i mean is does everybody have something that you can kind of pull out and make into their strong side mm-hmm. this belief that um, charisma is inborn it's an old concept mm. and uh, now we have a lot of data to to prove that mm. everybody can be charismatic. Actually, mm-hmm. everybody is some moment in life super charismatic. It's the moment when we are in love or, you know, uh, we are lucky in, in our work. The problem is that we very often don't know why it came and why it disappeared. Mm-hmm. And we don't think about it and we, we don't work it out. Mm. You also have charismatic um, environment. Mm. You can be born into highly charismatic family, like the Kennedys. Mm. Everybody pay attention to Kennedys, you know, even mm. even despite the, the, the very sad destiny which... Mm came to many, many members of that family. Mm. Because it's not only that they are good-looking, they have something. Mm. They act charismatic. Mm. So if you are surrounded with people with high charisma, you become charismatic yourself. Mm -hmm. 
And it's contagious. It's contagious. It's mm. contagious. Uh, so, so what I do is to make people aware and build it up, actually. Mm. And, um, you know, it's very interesting. Why did I bet on charisma when I am in business? Because of the business. Because charismatic leaders and managers, they have more yes. Because people, they are willing to walk the extra mile. Mm. Because they like the boss, mm. they uh, they feel secure. They feel uh, that things have sense. Mm. They have the trust. Mm. You know, mm. they just believe it will be okay mm. because of the charisma uh, of the leaders. Mm. Uh, there, there was even experiment when they measured uh, some positive hormone. I'm not sure if it was. Um, serotonin or, or oxytocin mm. but there was increase of those positive hormones during during a stay with charismatic personality mm-hmm. and increase of the positive hormones co- is causing um, goodwill for collaboration mm-hmm. you know because mm-hmm. if you if you are on the serotonin level you want to collaborate mm-hmm. if you are on adrenaline and cortisol and uh, you want to fight you want to fight mm-hmm. you know uh, and everybody uh, this is creating the hostile environment where people mm-hmm. don't trust each other and mm-hmm. uh, you have to double check your back and so on mm-hmm. so, so this all are s- telling us like let's collaborate because collaboration always is more always you know mm. it's proved by history mm. it's by the way more typical for female leaders yeah and but that's yeah. Yeah, that's a whole different episode mm. uh, because yes. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head because i think men it's harder for us to cooperate than it is for female there is just something in us that makes it more difficult mm-hmm. And very often if you put six men into one room the outcome of that room is not necessarily a great outcome because it's often an outcome that is, I don't know, reached on some sort of a hierarchy hierarchy mm-hmm. or, or some sort of a stupid system that we have. And it's just hardwired in us, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's hard. Um, but uh, also, if I may say something, also what is interesting is that um, men are more emotional than women, not vice versa. Mm. Because if, if you look at the parliament in, in Italy or some southern country, it's mm. the men who are fighting. Mm. If you have like uh, the Scandinavian more female parliament, mm. they just make a deal and they go home to their mm. families. Mm. You know, that's mm. that's typical. And yeah. uh, so why not to learn the, the best of yeah. uh, each other? And yeah, and uh, back to the charisma. So um, charisma is um, a scientific uh, discipline nowadays. They, mm. they are books, you know. Uh, charisma is um, taught at universities and the best business schools around the world. Uh, I already had even clients studied in, in prestige universities uh, around the globe and they, they confirmed that uh, charisma was part of their uh, subjects yeah subjects mm. uh, in in psychology anthropology or or even in in business sciences so so it's something quite tangible we can measure it we can mm. measure it by hormones we can we can calculate actually the simulation what happened if mm. and so it makes big sense to to work on it mm. and and um, actually it's you cultivate yourself mm. And by being conscious and prepared, the byproduct is that you become charismatic. But yeah. as, as, I, as I said at the beginning, 
first is of course charisma without competence will not work so mm. so of course I don't doubt your competence as a mm. professional mm. and you have to work on it mm. and constantly because it never ends mm. then you have to be kind always kind mm. kindness is um especially by older women I think it's so important to be kind not because otherwise you are a bitch you know mm. but even for men to be kind and then to be independent and mm. independence that's a, a, a little bit rebellious already that's it's mm. a little bit funky let's say mm. so uh, if you put this together in your own way which suits you if you are not really um, copying somebody but you really, you go to the core of your essence mm then you are yeah but, yeah, but isn't that the whole thing? It's the yeah. allowing your inner yes, yes, things that's to it. come that's out. That's it, you know, that's it. And the same is with flirting. The same is with seducing. Mm. Once you become it, you seduce situations. Mm. You seduce people. You seduce luck, you know, mm. in your life. I yeah. absolutely I absolutely believe in it. I'm playing, because, the, I'm playing yeah. the lottery tonight. Okay. I'm going to buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that I've seduced the big win to me. <laughs> Try and then share with me. <laughs> but you, 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 you said uh, mm -hmm. earlier. Now you were mm -hmm. you were talking about uh, for a woman, older women, it's important to be nice, to not to be seen as bitches. Um, isn't aging in some way very liberating when it comes to flirting and charisma and stuff like this? Because somehow, for me at least, it feels that that my courage goes up with my age. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm, I, or my fear of failure goes down, let's say. Mm -hmm. Is that something that uh, you... Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think with age, or if I will talk about me, I think I exchange naiveness to kindness mm. because uh, it would be a little bit rare if I am still naive the way I was when I was 20. Uh, I think age brings you certain serenity, mm. confidence, you know, you don't have to prove. That's very relieving. Mm. Some things you don't have to prove anymore. Mm. But on the other hand, aging is a tricky subject because many women, you know, aging with grace, that it takes courage. Mm. If, if you Google something about aging with grace, then you get pictures of women who want to look like 30 and do the effort to look like 30. That's not mm. the same as aging with grace and so mm. on. So... Um, But yes, I agree with you. Age is benefiting, mm. and um, and also if because I am actually first time in my life experiencing that I am the oldest in the room, mm -hmm. and this entitles you uh, for kindness. But also, uh, the, the flirt is perceived more kindly. Do mm. you understand? Mm. You, know, it's, it's you like get away with more. You get away with more because no. if I would do the same at 20, it would be a little bit over the edge. But yep. now, 50, I can afford it. It's, it's mm. actually, yeah, it's very You get positive. more credibility somehow. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, or, you know, you've earned it. Yeah. It's kind of, like, I mean, it just gets better because when we're 80, we can pee our pants and nobody cares, you know, like <laughs> it's, just, it's great. Yes. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, but it, it's, On the other hand, I mean, aging and, and flirting is, is um, I think it's harder for men than for me, women because I think if, if I would be, um, let's say, saying some of the things that I could get away with saying 15, 20 years ago when I was like, you know, around 30 or something, um, I have a feeling that nowadays 
if I would say that to young people, mm. I think that it might be misinterpreted as a man. But I, I don't know. I mean, do you think there's a difference between what, how do you say, goodwill or credibility a man or a woman has with this? Um, I think you have a point. Yeah, well, okay. If, if I would answer the question to you as a, as a person, first of all, you don't look your age. Mm. Secondly, your look is quite uh, young, you kind of hipster and so on. So, so you are kind of ageless, mm. you know. So a classic. A classic. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I don't think it would be perceived as a sleazy. Mm. On the other hand, it's true that you should cultivate your way, you mm. know. Mm. You you can flirt, but in more cultivated mm. manner, Cult- and then then yeah. you get it all. Mm. You know. Mm. Um. So you, if you, if you were gonna give like two three basic advices to, let's say, some person who is uh, in management struggles a little bit and and doesn't feel that he or she is uh, able to let's say blossom or you know get everything that they want mm-hmm. two three tricks yeah <laughs> i'm not good in this instant in, no tips and tricks but what i think if he is not blossoming he's not happy with his life mm. there's something missing you mm. have to make order in your priorities and what you want to achieve in life mm. which is by the way that's the um positive side of aging mm. you don't have so much time you don't play games you know mm. and you don't care a shit what mm. other people think you know mm. so i know that's <laughs> That's very so, liberating. But what you're saying, it starts with looking on the inside. If if someone, always, y- you have to kind always. of take take the yeah. count on on what's inside you, you what desires you have, and absolutely, you cannot blossom based on like make deep eye contact and smile at people. This no. would never ever work, okay. you know. <laughs> but or, they or say sh- they shortly, shortly. They say that smiling mm-hmm. is contagious and it mm-hmm. creates this uh, chemicals that goes into our brain. That, that's that's right. That's right because the moment. We cannot have two opposite emotions at the same moment. No. So, so that's why when we, we are unhappy, we go to work, we put this uh, like professional smile. And at that moment, we really don't even remember the grief we have yeah. in our private life. Yeah. But then you come home and then everything uh, sucks. sucks. So, so you can, short time, you can fix it. Mm. Long term, you have to really work on your on yourself. Mm. So, uh, and and I think as you can, as you radiate something, if you are happy and contained and fulfilled, then mm. you radiate it. Mm-hmm. And this radiance is charm or And charisma. it draws to you the right energies. Yes, exactly. Mm. But you can do it... From outside to inside as well, mm. as well, I, mm. I am convinced. So, so if everything sucks and and you are really going through a tough period, you just try to influence what you can influence, and you can influence how you look, how you dress, mm. how you act, how you behave. Mm. You can absolutely influence uh, what you target and uh, where your intention goes mm. and attention. Mm. You know, if mm. if my attention goes like everybody's uh, everything sucks and everybody's idiot, then it becomes my reality. Mm. 
if I put my uh, attention to the beauty of the world, you know, mm. if I see that finally I have time for myself and I can pamper myself a little bit and mm. I can be better mom and I can maintain um, relationships with my clients in the way I never had time and energy, then it becomes my reality. Mm. Mm. And so I can enlighten the, mm. the, the charisma. But it's the, it's it's tricky because um, in some way, like especially maybe with the uh, younger people, not people. Yeah, I think I think I I'm I'm not I don't envy people who are, you know, I don't know, starting their life or starting education and career right now because a lot of the sort of self confirmation is coming from external things mm-hmm. instead of coming from the inside somehow. But they will and they will experience it sooner or later. Yeah. It's just going to be a little really hard time until it comes. Yeah, well, they need to do the, the path as we had to, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I was thinking, I think we kind of, we, I think we're, we're done. Yeah. How, how are you getting home tonight? Are you going to hit the right or? No, I wanted to ask you, like, y- so you're working on a, I mean, you. Th- this is what you do, and mm-hmm. and uh, but you. I know you're working on. You want to write a book about this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, is that? Have you started that? Or, or yes. Okay. Yes, of course. I'm and collecting collecting uh, sources, mm-hmm. um, um, inspiration, and and I I I have few capitals okay. chapters. Mm-hmm. Ready? Yes. Okay. And when do you? What's your goal? When is the the goal to to get this out? Uh, I don't have. A, I'm lousy in planning. Uh, well, actually, it it this should be something like, you know, at the end of our days, we want to leave something some behind. Behind. I'm leaving us. a podcast behind. Yes, you have your podcast, so it mm. will be here forever. Mm. And as uh, Michelangelo did his uh, David or or Pieta or whatever, uh, I I want to collect my. I would love to say wisdom, but let's say experiences mm-hmm. uh, made on work with people, you mm-hmm. know, uh, very honestly. So I'm not really copying uh, known theories if they didn't work for me, which doesn't mean the theory doesn't work, but maybe I had wrong approach or I didn't mm-hmm. completely comprehend what is it about. So so I would love to share what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I my aim is to encourage people people to enjoy the life it's so short you know mm. it's so short so why to put so many restrictions jesus christ yeah but i guess also when you're working with these kind of softer mm. skills let's say or more hum- hu- human skills then you can't really have a a method or a system because every person is different different and, and the it's situations overlapping. Are, yeah. yeah it's you know it's all it's floating it's mm. overlapping um, and that that's the beauty of it. That's why I do it, mm. and I'm learning all the time. That's mm. you know, what what I have to say. If something changed me during like f- since my twenty till now is ability to observe mm. and see things. Mm. You know, mm. yeah. To take from the environment. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's interesting. Like like having the the eyes of a child. Mm. But it's interesting. It's your first job in that hotel, right? Yeah. That can put you on this track. That yes. The, yes. Without that job, you would never have 
you wouldn't be here. No. And then I met another guy. I have to tell you this. Uh, mm. And so I met this older guy. I started to work with him and mm. I left to Vienna. And when I went from the first working day, uh, a guy approached me on the street if he can take a picture of me. And I said, is it how you uh, seduce girls? And he said, yes, maybe. And mm -hmm. so can I treat you for beer? And I said, yes. And then we started to date. Mm. We are friends till now. And he highly influenced me in my uh, entire career. So. Mm. And he, he, he's yeah. his coach as well. So you would never, ever, you know, think. And then I married to Belgium. He married uh, somebody who was um, uh, Spanish. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, and yeah, we have a very similar destiny. So, the, so, the, so the, you know, you were the, the, the blossoming flower of the end of communism. <laughs> how, how poetic is this? It is beautiful. Uh, isn't it? Yeah. So, okay, if people want to know more about you, where you uh -huh. have LinkedIn... I Simona, have LinkedIn, yes. Simona, Simona Barbri. Barbri. Mm -hmm. That's B A R B R Y. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. You have a homepage? Yes. SimonaBarbri.com. Dot com. Dot com. Mm -hmm. And uh, Instagram, Facebook, anything there? Uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, I'm not really, no? uh, okay. not, not much. Yeah. So Facebook, people can find you there under your name. And I will have yes. links to all this in the episode. Uh -huh. Okay, thank so. you. Thank you. Uh, any other Anything else that you want to tell people about, where to connect to you, or, or? Uh, not really about connecting, but um, I before I came to you, I uh, was watching this very inspiring TED talk mm. uh, from the Indian lady. Can mm. I say mm. it on mm. air? Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we are a lot to talk about Indian ladies on this <laughs> podcast. Yes, yeah. So um, I was inspired by what is her name, Seema Seema Anan, mm. uh, Indian lady who gave speech about selection, mm. and for me, it's, in, it's inspiring in the way that that we can learn in all. Mm. subjects of life mm. based on what she's saying and she, she's describing what actually seduction means that it's a long procedure so for the man that there was like 64 chapters how to seduce a woman starting by giving her gentle massage in her hair and gently pulling then the other day kissing her eyes then so 60 every 64 days a man <laughs> could <laughs> To do something yeah. a little bit to really tease her to, to bring her and that's the seduction you know you give so she absolutely wants you she's melting yeah. she she is in hot desire that, that i remember that the fifth day the man does nothing but she is already like over she's, yeah she's <laughs> on fire already <laughs> she, she's, she's moving in yeah yeah yeah. she is in fire and and so on and but then she has to do the work as well, and mm. th th there is some tradition of uh, layering perfumes. So, so she puts the, the the base oil, and then every part of the body has its own fragrance. Mm. So, so on the ha hair, they put something unpronounceable, which means the smell of fresh rain falling on hot soil. Mm. Then you have the neck is jasmine, hands are mint. Then heavy mask is for the uh, navel, belly, and, mm. and bottom. Uh, then, then you have the rose petals on your waist. So the man has to really put his face mm. very near to, to smell it. And then you dot sandal, uh, sandalwood in your in your back. But but you make something like S or you you make an ornament. Mm. So mm. so so the man has to smell every little dot. 
Mm. And this is beautiful. This is this is seduction. And mm. if we would be able to put so much effort, you know, in mm. uh, in other part of our life with mm. such a dedication, playfulness, and and attention and uh, patience, mm. oh, the, the life would be beautiful. Yeah, I mean, but this, <laughs> I think I think <laughs> what you described is. Um, um, it's exciting, but on the other hand, it's everyone is time, time, time. You know what I mean? No one, and that that's what I yeah, that's what I feel. Like we are we are somehow uh, the business environment is like uh, efficiency and time, and we've invented all those tools like emails and mm. fax machines and 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 all these systems that make everything easier and more automated and blah 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 and and then you would think that we would have more time for the fun no we have actually less time than ever because we're so busy checking all those systems and it's really really interesting so i'm i'm very happy that there is still someone out there like you a hippie <laughs> that believes that we can make it better and and you know the more people that think like this the the more fun it will be mm. because it should be fun you know mm -hmm. It's too short to be boring. Absolutely. That's good, guys. Uh, the show has a Facebook page, The Bunker... Uh, what's it called? Uh, the Bunker How the Hell Did We End Up Here? And the uh, uh, Instagram page, The Bunker Prague. Uh, feel free to tell me about cool people that you know that are living in Prague or come to Prague regularly so I can talk to them. Um, thanks to the sponsors, the Old Bar in Karlin in Prague and Alfred Jobs, Alfred.cz. And yeah, uh, Simona, it's been great to have you here. Thank you for having me. And there are, the, we, we, we were talking about maybe um, uh, recording another episode about uh, biodynamic psychology. It's uh, biodynamic body psychotherapy. Well, so, so, yes. yeah. So we, we will talk to, talk uh -huh. about that later. I'm um, looking forward to that. Um, good luck finding a right home. Thank you. Okay.